Welcome to The Wrap, a Warren Averett podcast for business leaders designed to help you access vital business information and trends when you need it so you can listen, learn, and then get on with your day. Time is tight. That's why our advisors have wrapped up today's most timely topics into a podcast with actionable advice. Now, let's get down to business. Hey, Kim, how are you today? Hey, Paul, I'm good. Good to see you. I know, it's good to see you. Glad to be back for another uh, rap podcast conversation. Yeah, it's always fun to to record these episodes. Yeah, we're having a good time. We got a really good topic today, uh, R&D tax credits. A lot of organizations out there know a little bit about it. Maybe they don't. Uh, but today we brought uh, Floyd Holloman, one of our partners in the tax department here at Warren Averett, to kind of talk a little bit more about R&D tax credits. And for those who don't know R&D... That's research and development. Thank you very much, Kim. Always correcting me, and I appreciate it. We CPAs love these acronyms and shortcut words, don't we? I think when you start, they give you three things, a ruler, a 10-key, and an acronym list. <laughs> and, and a joke book, right? And a joke book, we're great and that's at where that all jokes. came from. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Right. yeah. So welcome, Floyd. Thank you. We're excited Thank you for to having have you today. here. Yeah. So... As it relates to research and development credits, R&D tax credits, you know, what are y'all seeing in the marketplace from a business perspective? What, what, is, what are companies, what do they know about? And what do they truly don't know about R&D tax credits that they need to know about? So a lot of companies think you have to be in a lab, maybe wearing a white lab coat to qualify for the R&D credit. And that is not the case at all. Um, the credit's been around since 1981, and you'd be surprised to know how many companies do not think they have a chance at qualifying for the credit. So they leave a lot of money, a lot of money on the table. They pay a lot of taxes they may not have to pay. It's, it seemed to me that this really started gaining momentum about, I don't know, 10 years ago. But you, So it's kind of surprising that it's been around so long. But what was, the, what was kind of the main reason for it to gain such popularity and momentum when it did? So, yes, there's been a lot of developments over the last few years. But going back in time like you're doing, there were some changes. In the past, when it first came out, you had to discover something new in your field, something completely revolutionary in your field, of whatever your field was, something that no other company was doing. Uh, it's called the discovery test. Well, a court case came out, I want to say around 2004, that eliminated that. It just has to be something new to your company. Hmm. Right. So okay. new technology that your company is developing. It does not have to be a, a worldwide revolutionary new technology that's being developed. So, sure. as, so as technology changes over time and, and grows, then, then obviously we're going to see those times are when the R&D tax credits are kind of heightened. And maybe when technology took a shift and 15, 20 years ago, it, it really kind of took off in that direction. Yeah, that, that's a good point. Yes. And, and, and we, and keep in mind though, pretty much any industry you can think of, we probably have done a, a study for, but by and far the majority are in the technology mm -hmm. and manufacturing industry. So yes, as technology taken off, so is the R&D credit. So we talked about the projects that are eligible. So new products, products improvement, new processes, process improvements, new techniques. But what types of expenses qualify? Sure. So wages of those people doing research and development that you may that on staff that you have in your company that's doing R and D, those wages can qualify, um, as well as people who supervise those people doing the research and development their time can qualify too. And a lot of time 
that's a higher salary that's been paid. Sure. Uh, and then third, the last part is going to be support workers. So if you've got someone doing R&D and you've got some workers that are directly supporting that person, their time can count toward the credit as well. So you've got three layers there. Wow. Supervision, R&D, and the support people. So you really get triple benefit on the the person that's doing that's the, right. The that, actual research and development. That's one way to look at it. Yeah, yeah. that's great. Are so there any other, other types of expenses? There are. So if you're paying an outside contractor to do R&D, you can also capture that time as well. Um, so as long as it's in the United States. Okay. So it has to be in the U.S. Um, and then the third type of uh, expense you can capture are supplies that are used up in the R&D process. So uh, let me give you an example we see this mostly in manufacturers that are developing a new product. So they sure. may develop a prototype to test that new product. Mm. So the supply cost that goes into building that prototype can also be included. That's where it stops. It doesn't, once it's, once the prototype's done, I've created the new product. That's where the supply cost stops. That's where the supply cost stops. Unless that comes back, that product comes back through the R and D cycle. So if you've got an improvement on that product, then you can come back and you can capture it again for that improvement. So what about development that you're doing under a current client contract? Does that get to qualify? So it does. It does. So let me clarify that. Okay. So let's say I'm a software company and I have a software that I sell to the market. It's already been developed. It's on the market. And I have a customer that comes to me and says, I like your software product, but I'd like it to do a different functionality. Mm. And they and you enter into a contract with that customer to develop that additional functionality. So, yes, in that case, that can qualify. Okay. But there are some additional there are some additional hoops you have to jump through when you're under a contract like that. And so, one of the things you want to look for is uh, what do what do the terms of the contract look like? Mm. You want that. Typically, a fixed-fee contract is going to shift some of the risk to the developer, and that's what you want. That's what the IRS wants to see. So a fixed-fee contract is going to have a better chance at qualifying for the credit than, let's say, like a cost-plus arrangement Mm -hmm. or even a time and material arrangement would definitely not qualify. Okay. Well, that's good to know. Yeah. So if a company that has been through an R&D tax credit in the past, a study, Mm -hmm. what are some of the pitfalls? What are some of the things you see where people are doing it Mm, that's probably not the right way. What are some of those those bigger issues you've seen? Well, that's and I, you asked that just at the right time because one of the biggest issues that we run into is uh, coming in and doing a study behind someone else and, and, and seeing that they've been taking those contracts that they shouldn't be taking. Mm-hmm. There were some court cases, a couple of, over the last, I guess, three to five years that dealt directly with this. So Uh, You really need to look at those contracts if you're doing uh, R&D under a contract with a customer to make sure it qualifies. Want to receive a monthly newsletter with wrap topics? Head on over to warrenaverett.com forward slash the wrap and subscribe to our email list to have it delivered right to your inbox. So say someone looked into these R&D credits six years ago and they didn't qualify. Has there been any new development that would give them a reason to take another look at this? Absolutely. There have been uh, over the last few years. Um, one of those is that um, now companies can use the credit. Some companies that qualify that are, that are smaller companies can uh, use the credit against payroll taxes. That's, that's important to companies. A lot of times with these smaller startup technology companies, 
they're not profitable, so they're not paying sure. income taxes. Sure. But usually they all are paying payroll taxes. Mm. So a lot of those companies can now use the credit against the payroll tax as opposed to it just being a carry forward. Sure. For future use. That's one of the things. And, and another thing is um, alternative minimum tax. The credit can now be used to offset alternative minimum tax, which uh, started in 2016. So uh, that's been a positive development for the R&D credit. Um, is there any statutory uh, limitations on how far back I can go and look at my yes. expenses and, and try to gain that credit? So if you're looking at if you're looking at past your past qualifying researches, you can typically go back three years. The statute of limitations is typically open three years, so you can go back and amend returns okay. and, and and get a refund. With the conversation of statutory limitations, how far can we carry this forward? So you can t carry the credit forward twenty years from the year it was generated. Mm. So if you went back. You know, and, you could go forward could another go seventeen. Forward. Yes, correct. Okay. That makes sense. That makes sense. What about any state savings? Are there any additional state cash savings um, for states that would participate? So yes. So that's been another development. There's been more and more states over the past few years that have been uh, that have a research credit in some mm -hmm. form. Usually, it's based loosely off the federal credit, uh, but as long as you're doing research and development in that state. There's a lot of states now that offer the credit. Not all states, but the majority. Yeah, so, and, and one of the main places that we have locations, uh, Florida, Georgia, and Alabama, well, Florida and Georgia do have the R&D credit. They have a research credit. Uh, unfortunately, Alabama does not have a credit at this time, but uh, it's, it's being talked about. It's in the legislature. So what if I'm a company and I have software, but it's for internal use? Would that qualify? Yes, it, it can qualify. It's easier to qualify now than it has been in the past. Uh, so if you've got a company that's developing software that does not sell software, right, they're developing their software uh, for some type of benefit to themselves, uh, that can, that's easier to qualify now than it has been in the past. As long as that software is being developed to facilitate interactions with a customer, mm. then that software can also qualify. And let me give an example. So sure. financial services industry. Uh, we do some banks where um, the bank is uh, developing software, but obviously that's not their product that they sell. But they're developing that software to enhance the customer uh, experience with their website, which is facilitating interaction with the client. Sure. So that's internal use software that you could capture. Uh, so yes, okay. so the answer is yes. And then over the last year, we've had a lot of conversations about um, tax reform. I'm sure tax reform has added into, has taken on R&D credits at some point. Actually, yes. Um, it it uh, Under the tax reform that came out in 2018, um, now the credit is more valuable. So for every qualifying dollar spent of research and development, the credit's a little over 20% more valuable per dollar. So yes. So wow. it, sounds like, it sounds like we're trying to, make companies be more innovative, trying to push them in that direction, incentivizing them, which is going to grow the industry, which is going to grow business. And so innovation seems like it should be at the forefront of all organizations, even if not nothing else from an R&D tax credit perspective. Absolutely. So here at The Wrap, we always like to close with how would you wrap this up in 60 seconds or less for the listener? So I would, I would say 
to take a look at your company. If, you, if you're paying uh, employees to do research and development, or perhaps if you're paying an outside contractor to do R&D, and you're at risk for that research and development, in other words, if that goes south, no one is giving you money for it. It's your money that you're out of. So, uh, And then lastly, I would say if you're developing a, a product or process or improving a product or process, uh, these are questions you need to be asking yourself. And if the answer is yes to these, then I would encourage you to take a uh, deeper look at the R&D credit. Thank you so much, Floyd, for Thanks, joining Floyd. us. We appreciate it. Thank very you. Helpful. Thank you very much, Kim and Paul. And that's a wrap. If you're enjoying the podcast, please leave a review on your streaming platform. To check out more episodes, subscribe to our podcast series, or make a suggestion for other topics to cover, visit us at warrenaverett.com forward slash the wrap.